Welcome to Lessons from a Helpful Dead, where you'll learn that the world is not what it seems and you are much more than you think you are. Here you'll learn about positive and reassuring messages from supposedly dead people whose main purpose is to help us. Find out what happens after we die, why we're here, how we got here, where we're going, and discover that you are really a powerful, eternal spirit. I'm Dan McEnany. We've been talking about Edgar Cayce, uh, his life, and his achievements, and how they demonstrate that not only is the world not what it seems, but also that we are much more than we think we are. We left off describing the incident where he correctly identified that a little girl who was choking had swallowed a celluloid button, and he had pinpointed correctly where it was so that it could be removed. It was another instance, however, in the summer of 1902 that hinted for the first time the full extent of Casey's abilities. He was in Bowling Green when he received a phone call from C.H. Dietrich, the Hopkinsville school superintendent, pleading with him to help his five-year-old daughter. She was apparently mentally not quite right from a siege of illness three years before. At this time, Casey was still not aware that he could perform a physical reading at a distance, so he returned to Hopkinsville that weekend and went directly to the Dietrich home, where they and Al Lane were waiting for him. Casey soon fell asleep and, in trance, said the trouble was in the girl's spine. He explained that a few days before she first acquired her illness, the girl slipped getting out of a horse-drawn carriage and hit the base of her spine on a porch step. That injury weakened the area, he said, and led to the mental condition. Some spinal vertebrae were out of alignment, he went on, causing pressure on the nerves. Lane made the adjustments as specified by the sleeping Casey. Within five days, she had improved noticeably. And within three months, she was in school with other girls her age, the cure complete. This was an important event because it secured for Casey the unyielding support of a prominent citizen whose testimonial later persuaded a medical doctor to use Casey as a psychic diagnostician, turning him to a career that would last his entire life. But it's also important for another reason. It was a dramatic demonstration of a talent Casey would use often throughout his life. It raised the question, how could he describe an event that occurred years earlier, which was the cause of the illness or disease he was diagnosing? He certainly wasn't around when the young girl had fallen down many years previously. Even the girl's mother had forgotten about it because it seemed of no consequence at the time. So how did he know? Here's another example from a later time, after Casey realized he could give readings for people even when they were at a great distance. A druggist in a different part of the country told one of the people Casey had given a reading for that he didn't have the medicine Casey specified. While in a subsequent trance, Casey instructed the person to tell the druggist, hundreds of miles away, that he should look up on a high shelf behind some other bottles where the correct bottle was located. 
apparently placed there years before. It was there. How did Casey know? Well, over time, it became apparent that his consciousness could travel through time and space and even visit a quote-unquote place where what he called the Akashic Records were stored. A record of every event that had taken place in the universe, including those in our future. I'll repeat that. A record of every event that had taken place in the universe, including those in our future. Does that ring a bell with other ideas discussed in previous uh, sessions? As a result of these abilities, Casey was to give over 14,000 documented, stenographically recorded readings for more than 6,000 people over 43 years, not only for health purposes, but also to help people realize how current difficulties were related to past events. Now, regarding our second enduring idea, that we are much more than we think we are, we can take a look at what Casey said while in trance when he was asked how he was able to do all this. As you can well understand, most medical doctors of the day were highly skeptical of Casey. Imagine a patient in Los Angeles walking into his or her doctor's office and asking the doctor to follow through with a strange, old-fashioned remedy prescribed by a psychic in trance in Kentucky who had no medical knowledge while he was awake. So it's not at all surprising that many people found it impossible to get their doctors to cooperate. And because Casey seldom accepted money for what he did, he could not afford to build a hospital and attract doctors who would dispense the proper treatments. Then, in 1923, a man named Arthur Lammers, L-A-M-M-E-R-S, Arthur Lammers, a wealthy printer from Dayton, Ohio, visited Casey and told him he'd help him finance a hospital and medical school if Casey would agree to answer questions about religious philosophy. Casey agreed, and although the waking Casey read the Bible continually, the answers he gave in trance supported the idea of reincarnation. Remember now, the waking Casey had no idea of what he said while in trance. When asked how he had developed his abilities, he explained that in one past life he had been a doctor in Persia. In another, he'd been a soldier left to die on a battlefield in extreme pain for three days. During that time, his consciousness separated from his body many times. From those two lifetimes, he developed his two unusual abilities, medical knowledge and the ability to go into trance easily. He was a medium for some bigger aspect of himself, which included his doctor self, and that's why he could prescribe cures for illnesses. Indeed, if Casey's readings are correct, then according to him, we are indeed much more than we think we are. If we think that all we are is a single individual in one lifetime, separate and apart from everyone else, our minds isolated within our bodies. As time went on, Casey gave what were called life readings, L-I-F-E, life readings, for hundreds of people in which he explained events in past lives and how they related to circumstances of the present life. Many of them had lived in Atlantis, the legendary lost continent described by Plato. In doing their readings, Casey also described the breakup of Atlantis over three periods of destruction, 
the first around 15,600 BC, when the mainland was divided into islands, and the last about 10,000 BC, when the islands finally sank into the sea, apparently overnight, as Plato had suggested. Gradually, the waking Casey came to believe in reincarnation. Now, Casey made uh, a number of several predictions, which also proved out. His predictions about the stock market, about land values in Virginia Beach, where he eventually moved and set up his hospital, made a lot of money for others, though he was never able to use the gift to enrich himself. He is perhaps best known for his predictions about earth changes, involving the shifting of tectonic plates, long before such shifts were even theorized by scientists. His readings and the evidence which indicates they were consistently on target are on file today in Virginia Beach, Virginia, where the Association of Research and Enlightenment, commonly called the ARE, continues a variety of activities based on ideas contained in Casey's readings. Now, they constitute one of the largest and most impressive records of psychic perception ever to emanate from a single individual. There's an entire library in which you can research his readings, relevant records, correspondence, and reports, all cross-indexed under thousands of subject headings and placed at the disposal of psychologists, students, writers, and investigators. Now, you can take the position that just because Casey's medical diagnoses and prescriptions proved effective, that doesn't mean his explanations about our having many lives with connections among them are correct. On the other hand, it seems logical to assume that since the source of his medical knowledge was correct and helped a lot of people, that same source would probably speak intelligently about other things and should therefore be listened to with respect. This is a source, remember, that not only makes a diagnosis, but also directs a druggist hundreds of miles away to look behind some old bottles on a dusty shelf to find a medicine the druggist didn't even know existed. Before you dismiss the explanations of life which an intelligence like that has to offer, you better think twice. In our next session, we will talk about the evidence for reincarnation subsequent to Edgar Cayce. Again, I'm Dan McEnany bringing you lessons from the helpful dead.